to the moon child it's tuesday june 1st beginning the new month and it's a tuesday evening it's around 10 o'clock at night got to watch some playoff basketball i know i haven't uploaded in a week it's been a pretty long week um it's a story that i refuse to get into of why this past week has been so heavy but i was able to go back to the bay um, enjoy some time with my mom, go to a baseball game, and kind of just relax a little bit for the past two days. been working. I've been enjoying my new job and just trying to get back on the flow. Uh, I've been going to the gym still and all that good stuff. But there's also been a lot of playoff basketball going on. And I did want to like let like the first three or four games go by. I don't want to come on here with some crazy takes because the thing about playoff basketball, it's not like football where, or even soccer in a way in certain competitions like the World Cup when you get to that final 16. Uh, you're playing multiple games. You have to beat the same team four times. So game one doesn't really hold too much weight. Game two, I feel like, starts where um where the intensity starts to happen to see where the series is going and then game five i feel like is the most important games where where it's not game seven obviously because when you think about game fives and specifically game fives is either an elimination game or the game where it puts you three two and it just gets intense from there especially once it gets from game five and then go to game six and obviously game seven, it just gets intense right then and there. But it all starts with that game five, for real, for real. And that's the point we're heading at right now. We just watched the, today, we just watched the first set of game fives, I believe. Yeah, we just watched the first set of game fives with the Suns versus Lakers. The Nets um, taking care of the Celtics um, and finishing off that series. And then we also had the, the game five of the Blazers and Nuggets, which was, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you guys see Dame tonight, oh my god, he was just hitting shots, and it was, what the greatest thing, greatest thing about Dame that people don't realize, I feel like, you know, obviously his shot making, his shooting ability, his playmaking ability, but that all comes from his just unreal body control, I mean, if you just watch the dude, how he shifts and is always squared to the basket, it's literally amazing how balanced and poised he is at all times. He's always balanced and always in good position, always squared to the basket. And he puts a lot of work in that. And he dropped a 55-piece in a double overtime game, hitting two shots to extend the overtime, and they still couldn't get the win. The Blazers were selling him. Everybody is going to be screaming, Dame, to go to a different team. Don't worry about the grind or whatnot. Dame gets to do whatever he wants to do. I respect him the most when he's trying to grind out the series. And the series is not over. I got some money on this series. I already said this series is going to go seven. I got Blazers in seven. And it looking the way that series is heading right now, it's going to seven games, in my opinion. But I'm going to get more into that series 
later. I'm kind of just going to go over all the series right now and give a little brief explanation about it and talk about if my takes were correctly and kind of just reflect on the series as a whole um, based on these four and some five games. And the one I want to start off today is this with this Suns and Lakers. You know, as I mentioned before, I've been very clear with this and consistent with this throughout the whole season that, sorry, Laker fans and LeBron fans, y'all are not getting a ring. Now, as far as this first round versus the Suns, even though that the Lakers did just get popped by 30 um, just a couple minutes ago, based on my predictions, I do have the Lakers in seven. Yes, is Anthony Davis injured right now? Yes. Is the Does the Suns have more talented players in this than the Lakers? Yes. But I have the Lakers in seven because the Suns, as y'all know that I've been consistent about this whole season, I don't think the Suns is a contender either. And what the Suns have to do and prove now that they took care of game five, they are sitting with a 3-2 lead. They're going to have to overcome the pressure of closing out LeBron James. They're going to have to go to Game 6 in L.A. and win that game and try to avoid a Game 7 one-game series where anything can go either way. We all know how hard it is to close out LeBron James in a series where his back is against the wall. It is insanely hard to just close the dude out. I've seen, I seen Indiana get really close to closing him out in that first round. I've seen the Celtics get really close to closing them out in the Eastern Conference Finals. I've seen the Celtics before also get really close to closing them out. And LeBron is obviously one of the greatest players, arguably the greatest player of all time, I would say, if he gets a ring this year, which is not going to happen, but obviously top five of all time. We're talking about one of the greatest players to ever play and hit the hardwood floor. The Suns is going to have to prove to me that they can shut this shut this series down because the and with Chris Paul getting a little shoulder injury today I it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard we gotta understand what you know what person we're talking about we're talking about LeBron James who went to nine straight finals closing him out in the series is not easy so if the Suns can overcome that if they can overcome closing out LeBron then we're I'm gonna have to you know rethink and revisit my sayings about the Phoenix Suns but they took care of game five. They took care of business, blew them out the gym. We're going to have to see what type of adjustments the Lakers make. Um, obviously, that roster is not good enough to compete for a championship. And they also, also don't have no chemistry. And then with AD not being there, you know, puts the icing on the top. So it's not looking good for the Lakers. And I already told you it wasn't looking good for the Lakers. On top of that, LeBron isn't healthy completely either. So y'all not getting the ring. This is just the first round matchup. Um, this series is not going to hold no weight on the road to the finals because if I'm being consistent to what I was saying before, I either have the Jazz or the Clippers going to the finals. And when they face each other off in the next series, in the next round, that's going to be who's going to the finals and face the Eastern Conference team. Now, going into talking about the Eastern Conference... Now, it's only been four or five games, and there's only been one sweep out of all the series. And that was the Bucks versus Heat, which I was anticipating being the most competitive series 
in the first round. I thought that was the must watch. I put a hundred on the Bucks. Um, my boy Miguel had a hundred on the Heat, and it just happened to be a sweep. The Heat proved that they just are the bubble guppies. Guys that was stepping up in the bubble, looking really good in the bubble, was not doing the same thing where they're more in a playoff atmosphere and a playoff environment. It's been cool to have the fans back and you know the crowds feeling all that stuff. And I think, you know, that overweighs even the bad seeds. We know the bad seeds has been going on, but I don't want to even give them the attention, you know, obviously with the spitting the spitting and the popcorn and the water bottle and the, trying to touch the backboard. And they just being idiots and all that stuff. But the type of intensity that the fans have brought back has made a difference where you had some players performing well in the bubble because of the environment that they thrived in with there being no fans in a controlled environment where you also have some players that's performing better um, under their home crowd. So it's nice to see that momentum and intensity is back. That's kind of how the Nuggets um, were able to pull through today because if you see Dame hitting shots like that in an open gym, there's no way you're bouncing back from that mentally to keep playing or keep keeping up with him in overtime. There's no way. Or even if that was in Portland, there's no way that's that those shots that Dame were hitting was demoralizing and this dude was not missing tonight. But the Nuggets had that home crowd um, rallying behind them and they were able to stay on tact while other everybody except for Dame wasn't able to keep up. So having the fans back in the intensity and the momentum back in playoff basketball has been definitely it's been cool and that also helped the Suns keep their foot on the neck as well tonight. But as far as the Bucks and Heat, you know. The, they prove that they're the bubble guppies. It's a different different team also for Milwaukee. And Milwaukee made a big upgrade with Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe. I mean, you're talking about Drew Holiday. He is the best two-way point guard in the league right now. And he does it on elite level, not only on the defensive end, which we all know he's probably the best perimeter defender, press guard defender for sure in the league. But he's also doing his job in offensively and hitting shots down the stretch. Shout out to Cash Money. He's been hitting shots down the stretch. We already know what Giannis is going to do. But this team defensively where Giannis is, you know, he's a defensive player of the year. He's arguably the best defender at his position at that power forward spot. Chris Middleton is one of the best two-way small forwards in the league right now. Definitely top five, I would say. And even with Drew Holiday, he's a top five two-way player um, at his position. So you got those three uh, clicking and they're going to be together based on their contracts for for you know for a while it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, versus Brooklyn um, they don't have DiVincenzo going into the series now talking about the Nets now talking about Brooklyn you know they went five games with the Celtics shout out to Jason Tatum man dude was really balling Jalen Brown not being there Jason Tatum was able to scramble up a win by dropping 50 he's been getting 40 on it with triple teams and double teams all over him He's proved that he's a bona fide star. Um, we all knew where this series was going, though. And that's big three was just too much, where they're just isolating anybody. It is James Harden, the way he's running that team and able to get others involved is just amazing. Um, but we already know what the Nets is looking ahead to, and that's the finals. But for them to go to the finals, they're going to have to take care of Milwaukee. And I already had Milwaukee and Brooklyn going seven. When I have a series going seven, I think it can go either way. That's how I feel about the Suns-Lakers series. That's how I feel about the Nuggets and Blazers series. 
And that's how I feel about when the Clippers and Jazz play against each other. Um, I got them going in seven games, and I think it's going to come down to who's going to hit shots down the stretch. And, you know, based on who's there, Brooklyn got some ammunition when it comes down to the final stretch. It's going to be a great series, in my opinion. It can go either way. And as I said before, I think Milwaukee matches up um, versus Philly a lot better than what Brooklyn matches up versus Philly. But Nets, but the Brooklyn matches well with Milwaukee. So, so it, I've basically, to put it all together, I think Brooklyn can beat Milwaukee. But I think, let me rephrase this. I think Brooklyn can beat Milwaukee. But I think Milwaukee can beat Philly, and I think Philly can beat Brooklyn, if that makes any sense. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Eastern Conference go. Now, as far as we know what that series is coming up, that's going to take a couple of days to start. Let's talk about this Denver-Portland series, which has overcame. I thought it was going to be the second most exciting. Well, this is going to be the most exciting series in the first round. Um, it's a big opportunity for both teams to reach the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I, I like these two teams' chances against Phoenix or LA, and they can take care of one another. I think they have a good, a good chance to go to the Western Conference Finals, and honestly, they can give themselves a good chance to go to the finals if they can try to make a pull off an upset versus Utah or the Clippers, because we all know what the Clippers curse, and Utah is still an unproven commodity. But I still think they're a great team, and I'll get into that in a second. But as far as this series, though, this Jokic and Dame, man, I am mind-blown. Like, these two dudes are bringing it every night. Even though Dame had an off night, but his team still won by 30 that night. But this little heavyweight showdown that we just had a couple of minutes ago was just beyond me. I mean, these, both teams want it. They don't like each other. They've been in a seven-game series before, two years ago. And the winner of that went to the Western Conference Finals. So... Um, it's definitely some bad blood between both teams, both in the Northwest, kind of. And they're just going at it. And you're seeing two MVP candidates. At one point, it was Dame, but there's been so many MVP candidates. But obviously, the leading MVP candidate in Jokic, you're seeing two guys really just elevate their teams at such a high level. And honestly, with the fans bringing it, like that Denver crowd, you can hear them, is going to be insane when they go back to Portland. Damon Jokic are just superstars playing superstar basketball, showing up at the big moments in the playoffs. And I think this is going seven. Portland has to take care of game six. But it all depends. We already know what Jokic and Damon is going to do. It's all going to depend who's going to step up consistently. Michael Porter Jr. was that guy today, and C.J. McCollum was not that guy today. Uh, but outside of those, it's going to be interesting to see um, if Aaron Gordon can have himself a big day or if Norman Powell is going to have another big day again. or You got Nurkic as well, Monte Morris or Austin Rivers. You never know who's going to make that big step. Um, so two teams have two issues um, with 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 the Nuggets. It's their, it's their backcourt offensively that need to you know be able to catch up with the load of what Jamal Murray was able to bring and the Nuggets was able to do that today combined. You know, it don't have to be one person, but, you know, get two guys to be able to, you know, uh, catch up to that production that Jamal Murray was bringing, they're going to be fine. And as far as Portland, they just need to play some damn defense. 
Portland is just playing some terrible defense on some possessions. So it's definitely a series that can go either way. That's why I have it in seven. Now, going on to the Clippers and Mavericks. Now, the Clippers start off 0-2, and I had the Clippers in five, so I was wrong about that. But I got the Clippers in six still. They dropped two games in L.A., and in my opinion, I think, you know, obviously Luke is going to do what he's going to do. But I said, you know, his team is going to be the downfall of him as far as right now until they get some legitimate upgrades. Christos Porzingis has not been that guy that we thought he was going to be. But as far as just the roster, defensively, they're not great at all. Like I said, I've seen the Kings terrorize this team consistently for the past two years. But when the Mavericks are hitting shots, they're going to be hitting shots. And that's what happened those first two games. I think they went into L.A. Um, unpressured with no pressure on them. They're playing very loose, and they were hitting a lot of shots. And they ended up getting themselves a 2-0 lead. It wasn't like they were smacking the Clippers. They were making a lot of shots, a lot, a lot of shots. So now the pressure was put on them to go back to Dallas and really close them out. And that's how I feel about, you know, that's what we're going to have to see about the Suns. But you still have to beat, you have to still have to beat the same team four times. And closing out Kawhi Leonard is not easy. We've seen the Bucks in 2019 go up 2-0 versus that Raptors team. And we've seen that Raptors team ended in six. So the Clippers, if Ty Lue was like, we'll see if they're hitting those same shots when the pressure is on them. And the Clippers made the finally made some adjustments defensively because defensively those first two games, they were just awful. I don't know why they kept switching off the pick and roll with Luka, letting Luka do whatever he wants, whether a big or a small dude is guarding him. Kawhi or Paul George needs to fight over every little screen and guard Luka at all costs, and then they'll be fine. Not saying they're going to completely lock up Luka, but it's going to make it harder for him to create for others. Um, it's going to be harder for him to get going, and he's going to have to uh, get his teammates involved a little early. And if he can try to get his teammates involved and the rest of the team holds their end defensively, the Mavericks teammates ain't going to out, outplay, the, outplay the depth of the Clippers. Also, they made an adjustment where they put Nicholas Batum in the starting lineup, a.k.a. Jason Tatum, but really like Shane Battier. That's really their Shane Battier, and it made, it made a big difference. So they went into Dallas and took care of Dallas, and they beat the crap out of them last night. So I don't think it goes anywhere up for the Mavericks as far as now. I think the Clippers made their adjustment. They have the better players. They have more ammunition working with them. And they should get it done in six. And also, don't forget about Kawhi Leonard. The dude is one of the best players in this game. And he has a chance to become one of the greatest of all time, you know, when it's all said and done. You never know. Um, as far as, you know, we think about LeBron and Steph Curry, if Kawhi is able to, to manufacture himself a ring with the third team and have three rings and three finals MVPs with two defensive player of the years, you know, he, and he's only 29 or just now reaching 30. You know what I'm saying? So he's also a free agent this offseason. He hasn't. He also has a chance to, you know, completely shift the balance of the NBA again, depending on if the Nets win this championship or not. But going into his next opponent, we talk about that Grizz, Grizzlies and Jazz series. Honestly, a lot of respect to Ja and the Grizzlies. Uh, they play very, very hard. They play. They, they're competitive. And they play inspiring basketball. But sadly, the Jazz is just the better team. 
uh, from top to bottom, also with team chemistry and how the team is built. The Jazz is just too good. I mean, you're talking about a team with two six-man-of-the-year contenders and with the six-man-of-the-year six with Jordan Clarkson. You got a guy in Donovan Mitchell who's able to get you 30 in the game, and he does it on both ends of the floor. And you got a defensive player of the year, technically. I think he's the leader of it. I would give it to Ben Simmons, but you're talking about probably the greatest drop coverage defender in history with shit with Rudy Gobert the way you're able to just build a whole defensive system around him and just run anybody off the three-point line and force him Gobert's way with his mobility and his length and then you got the shooters with Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson and you got a playmaker and a veteran point guard and Mike Conley who makes Donovan Mitchell's job a lot easier. Um, you got Royce O'Neal who's a three and D small forward power forward and you got a perfect backup center in Derek Favors. Uh, so they've been playing with each other for a while. They shoot so many threes at a high clip, and they make a lot of threes. And then you got a guy who, who they can rely on to go get you that final bucket in Donovan Mitchell, who dropped 57 in that playoff game in that bubble series, who's shown an ability to get off. He can do everything Jamal Murray can do offensively. Um, but he also brings it defensively as well. I think people don't forget how good Donovan Mitchell really is on defense. Reminds me a lot of D-Wade with a jump shot, a modern-day D-Wade. And, um, and this team reminds me of the Orlando Magic um, in 2009, where you got what they was doing with Dwight defensively and with all the shooters, with Hito, JJ, Rashad Lewis, all of them. So we already know the Jazz is going to probably win this in five. They didn't have Donovan Mitchell that first game. And the Grizzlies been giving them a challenge every single time. But the Grizzlies been damn near playing a near-perfect game. And that's just how good the Jazz are. So it's going to be a really good series between the, the Jazz and Clippers if the Clippers really take care of business like I say they are. So going on to the last two series, you got the Knicks versus Hawks. Um, I think the Knicks go back to the Garden and they grab one more. But I still got the Hawks in six. Got to give a shout-out to Trey Young. He's playing well at the big stage as well. Uh, and also to Nate McMillan for completely changing that team's direction, um, bringing them into a fifth seed, and probably about to get themselves a, a playoff series win. I mean, the, the the team is talented. You got Bogd my boy Bogdanovich. You even got Gallinari. Capella has been, very, has been amazing as a glass cleaner. Um, they got Lou Williams off the bench as well. They have their young guys. Cam Reddish hasn't been there, but they have DeAndre Hunter still. They have Kevin Horter. They still have John Collins. They even got that center that they just drafted. So they have a talented team. But as, at the end of the day, they're going to get swept by Philly in the next round. And as far as the 76ers and Wizards series, the Wizards were able to manufacture themselves a win. I did have the 76ers in five. I have the Hawks in six. I had the Jazz in five as well. I had the Clippers in five, so I'm already wrong about that. I have Portland in seven. I had the Nets in five, and I had the Bucks in six. So, so far, I've been wrong about the Bucks and the Clippers series. But I had the Bucks winning, and I still have the Clippers winning it. Just I didn't get the, the prediction right in the amount of games. But as far as the 76ers and Wizards go, we already know the 76ers have the more talented team. Embiid went down with the injury, though, and the Wizards played hard and played with their backs against the wall, 
they got themselves a win. But if Embiid is not fully healthy, then I don't know about them getting this ring. They, he has to be healthy for them to get this ring. I think a healthy Embiid, as far as his playoffs is going right now, I think a healthy Embiid is the best player in the NBA. He has physical attributes that you just can't stop when he gets going. He's a seven foot two with dreamlike work, dreamlike footwork. So I know they're going to be paying attention to Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Like I said before, I like Milwaukee's chances versus Philly, but I really like Philly's chances versus Brooklyn. So they're going to be paying attention to that series. They obviously got to take care of most likely the Hawks, but I think they can take care of the Hawks in four games. I think it's going to be a straight sweep. But that's the recap with all the playoff series. I want to get into a little bit more things uh, that I want to kind of just touch on. And then I'm just going to end the episode from there. It feels cool recording again. I definitely need a little bit of a break. But it feels every single time I get into this, and I realize how happy this shit makes me. And yeah, it's, it's, it's always cool to be able to make episodes. I'm, I'm never in a bad mood having to like record an episode. Every single time I get a chance to record an episode, it's just good vibes all around, especially in my new room. So other than that, I need to reiterate to all you Laker fans that you're not getting a ring. I'm sorry. You're not getting a fucking ring this year. It's just not happened. It will blow my mind if the Lakers find a way to get a ring. Now, I'm not going against them making it to the finals. I will I won't go as far as oh, they're not going to the finals. I think there's always a possibility in that. But I think if Portland wins, as I say, I think Portland versus L.A., I would have Portland in six. But even if the Lakers go to the finals, they are not beating Philly. They're not beating Milwaukee. And they're definitely not beating Brooklyn. Okay, so they're gonna, y'all, gonna, y'all better get ready to regroup and try to find yourself a third little star. Because that's a possibility. But as far as winning a championship this year with that roster and not in the bubble, psh, stop it. So y'all might as well have your little parade right now because it, y'all not having no back-to-back champion parade. That's for damn sure. And y'all going to have to regroup and come back stronger next year. But sorry, bro. Y'all not getting no ring this year. Now, as far as teams championship contenders go, looking forward to the second round, we got two series that's much that, that are must-watch TV. We got the Milwaukee versus Brooklyn series and potentially the Utah Jazz versus Clippers series. These are must-watch because uh, with the Utah and Clippers series, I think whoever wins that is going to the finals. I think that's the prime series of the Western Conference right there in the playoffs. I think that series is more important than the Western Conference finals. As far as Milwaukee Brooklyn, this is this is probably you it might not be the most important series because the Eastern Conference Finals is gonna be heavy too versus Philly. But right now the Eastern Conference um, playoffs with this series is the intensity begins. The intensity begins and that series is gonna be fun, 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 fun to watch. I think it's definitely going seven. And with that being said, I also need to give some shout-outs um, to John Morant, to Trey Young, to Jason Tatum, even Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and even to Donovan Mitchell. I'm paying attention to those guys. I'm paying attention to how John Morant and Trey Young is doing. And me being a Kings fan, I'm trying to see 
you know, how Fox compares. And now I'm not talking about Devin Booker and Aiden because I don't think they're the number one guy on their team. That's obviously Chris Paul. Their situation is a little bit different. But John Morant's the number one guy. Uh, Trey Young is the number one guy. Jason Tatum is the number one guy. Donovan Mitchell is the number one guy. They obviously have better supporting casts than De'Aaron Fox. So I'm paying, you know, based on how we bounce back this next year, hopefully he gives himself a good supporting cast because this is his competition for the future. Around the same age and around the same draft classes. And I like Fox's chances versus these guys if he has the right ammunition with him. So I'm paying attention to these young guys, but I'm giving it credit because all these young guys are um, are stepping up. They're all stepping up. Trey Young is stepping up. John Morant stepping up. Uh, and even Donovan Mitchell, who has a real chance to get a ring this year. Jason Tatum was stepping up. So paying attention, and I just hope for the opportunity that Fox gets the right guys around him. We already got Halliburton. We can see what we do this offseason. I know who I want to draft. That guy is Moses Moody. That's for another episode. And it's the competition for the future. I'm paying attention this year, you know. I feel like as a biased fan, we could take over the league one day. Definitely. When when Steph and all of them is done, it's going to be... De'Aaron Fox has potential to be in the best point guard in the league. And we're not talking about Luka because Luke, I don't consider Luka a point guard like that. He's more in that... LeBron and James Harden type of where he, that offensive player. I don't I wouldn't consider him the point guard because he doesn't guard the position. He play, kind of plays off ball, came in as a, you know, as a forward and all that. Kind of like how James Harden came in as a shooting guard. LeBron came in as a small forward and all that. But De'Aaron Fox, I feel like, has, the be, has a chance to become the best point guard in the league. Um, when it comes to, you know, looking at Trey Young or John Morant, I like Fox's chances with that. But as far as this playoff go, we're going to have to wait and see what happens and what happens in these games. I'm going to come out with another episode when the first round is over and see how my predictions compare and more predictions coming up to see if I was right or wrong. And the intensity starts now. It's only game fives and ups. And then we go to the second round, then we go to the conference finals, and then we hit boom, we hit the finals. So, the covering this season for throughout, throughout the whole throughout the whole season so far, and it's been a joy doing it, and it's gonna be interesting to see what transpires. Other than that, just get ready for the show, live life, and see how things go. I'm gonna make that the end of this episode. Shout out to the people that's listening or who stayed this long listening to me. Always appreciated. And hopefully have a wonderful hopefully have a wonderful evening and night and all that good stuff. I am out of here.